It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Tuesday, October 13, 2020. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. When the Sitka Assembly meets tonight, the 2020 municipal election results will be certified. Then, Mayor-elect Stephen Eisenbeis and new Assembly members Crystal Duncan and Rebecca Himshoot will be sworn in. The Assembly will recognize outgoing Mayor Gary Paxton and member Richard Wien for their service. Paxton ran a close race against Eisenbeis for the mayor's chair. Wien did not seek re-election this year. Then the new group will get right down to business to discuss the future of a marine haulout in Sitka. The city has been scrambling to get a haulout built ever since Halibut Point Marine announced it would be closing its marine haulout by summer 2021. City staff were pinning their hopes on a federal build grant to fund the project, and while they waited, the assembly rejected two bids for private development. In a memo, City Administrator John Leach recommends that the assembly move forward with one of three strategies, issue a request for proposal for a private sector haulout, or an RFP for partial private sector development. Or it could elect to move forward with a plan for CBS to develop a public haulout, even though funding for a city project hasn't been identified. In other business, the Assembly will finally approve the city seal on first reading. And it will consider several committee and commission appointments. There are currently 17 vacancies on eight committees. The Sitka Assembly meets tonight at 6 p.m. Raven News will broadcast that meeting live following Alaska News Nightly. Sitkins have seen an uptick in bear activity in recent weeks. Bears that would typically come out late at night and rob trash cans have become bolder about appearing in the daytime. And Sitka National Historical Park has been closed to humans 24-7 until bears head to their dens. KCAW's Catherine Rose spoke with ADF&G biologist Steve Bethune to learn how much of this bear surge is normal. Sitka area management biologist Steve Bethune says daily bear calls are typical for this time of year, and there's a biological explanation. This time of year, the bears go into what we we call hyperphagia, which is a really intense concentrated feeding effort in order to lay on additional fat stores in preparation for winter hibernation. So it's right on track um, as far as our bear reports and a number of bears that people are seeing. It happens every year. But something that doesn't happen every year? There's been an unusually high amount of bear activity in the Sitka National Historical Park, which prompted the park to close down trails at certain hours over the last couple of months. Bethune attributes that to a couple of factors. There has been a lot of bear activity uh, on the river. Uh, bears have been uh, concentrating on the, on the fish run there, and so there's a lot of activity. And I think the lack of tourists this year, there's just because there's been so much less uh, human presence in the park, the bears have been more comfortable using that on a more regular basis. Bethune says that a poor fish and berry season has led to more bear activity in town. So far this year, none of the bears have behaved aggressively, though at the beginning of October, a man shot a bear behind his home on Merrill Street. There was a bear that got into a homeowner's chicken coop there, and and the homeowner confronted the bear uh, at night and did fire a shot at the bear. He was not sure if he hit it or not. Uh, myself and one of the Alaska Wildlife Troopers followed up on that and spent some time searching the area, and we did not find any evidence of, of a wounded bear. So uh, if the bear was hit, uh, it wasn't hit very hard. And there's been more nearby bear activity in daylight. Shortly after 7 in the morning on October 9th, Sitka police responded to the Beha apartment complex across from the State Troopers Academy, where a sow and two cubs had gotten into some trash. Photos on social media show the cubs sitting on the curb like schoolchildren waiting for the bus. 
Sitka Police Sergeant Gary Cranford says officers did not see the sow upon arrival and pushed the cubs out of the area using sirens. Cranford says law enforcement has used projectiles, like less lethal rubber bullets, to ward off bears this year. Bethune says that, compared to the rest of Southeast, Sitka's had a moderate bear year so far, and he hopes it stays that way. He asks that Sitkins stay on top of their trash, keep garbage secure, and wait until the morning of garbage pickup to take it to the curb. And hopefully in a month it'll, they'll all be asleep and they'll be all over with for the year. Bethune says that the number of calls coming into his office have been steady recently. If it tracks with previous years, that should slow down by November. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. Haynes residents haven't been able to get a road test for a driver's license since March. As KHNS's Claire Stremble reports, that could soon change. Haynes's police chief just got certified to give the behind-the-wheel test. Don't run any stop signs. The guy giving the driver's test may soon be Haynes's top cop. That's after word of a driver's test backlog reached police chief Heath Scott. I was approached by a few parents of these young people, and they asked if I would be um, available to help. To be clear, that's not his normal job. He's employed by the borough, not the state. But Scott applied with the state to become a proctor for the driver's test in Haines. He applied in July, and he got his approval this month. He says there are still a few more steps, so he's not entirely sure when he'll be taking signups. COVID-19 has slowed DMV operations. The agency offers, quote, pandemic-safe motorcycle and non-commercial road tests in just five places. Anchorage, Fairbanks, Juneau, Soldatna, and Palmer. All of which are a long way from Haynes. It's not impossible to get around, but I feel like having a car is one of the like necessities of being an adult. Um, I'd, I'd like to have one. 17-year-old Emily Gillum is finishing up high school and working full-time. She needs to take the test for her license. She says she's been trying since March, but then came COVID-19. So she walks to her job at Chilkoot Indian Association and catches ride with family and friends for longer trips or grocery runs. With winter coming, she says it would be nice not to have to walk or rely on others to get around town. And she's not the only one waiting. Um, when I actually went in to ask, like, hey, OK, so if I am not taking my test now, can I get on the list? Um, the woman at the DMV just said, we're not doing a list. There's no one scheduled for appointments. There's like we're not doing anything. Um, and I found that a little surprising because there are a lot of people who believe they are on a list uh, and they are going to get their appointments. So it's unclear exactly how many people are waiting. DMV officials haven't answered phones or questions. Borough officials say they've heard the Haynes office was waiting for new equipment that's expected to arrive later this month. But Haynes Assemblymember Brenda Josephson says people have been waiting too long. She says she knows of at least one person who will make the trip to Juno's DMV. It's going to cost her in excess of $1,000 in order to um, ferry her vehicle there, get the testing, and then come home and, and stay in the hotel. Plus, then, of course, you got the exposure of COVID when you're going outside of the community. So in addition to the cost at this time where we're really trying to stay close to our community and not travel out, there's that concern as well. The Haynes Boroughs CARES Act Ad Hoc Committee is recommending the Assembly allocate up to $15,000 of federal relief money towards a solution. 
It also discussed bringing a private company to town. Josephson says one potential contractor would charge more than $8,000 to give 20 road tests. That's why officials in Haines are ready for the state DMV to resume giving driving tests in the community. Until then, the chief of police, the borough's highest paid employee, could be a bargain option. Reporting in Haines, I'm Claire Strempel. The U.S. Forest Service has scheduled three public meetings to discuss timber, wildlife, and recreation projects northeast of Ketchikan. As KRBD's Eric Stone reports, officials from the federal agency will discuss the South Revilla Integrated Resources Project, which includes logging more than 5,200 acres of old-growth forest. The Forest Service plans to open some 6,200 acres near the shores of Carroll Inlet to logging, most of which is old-growth forest. It would also build nearly 50 miles of new logging roads. The vast majority of the harvest would be clear cuts. The agency says that would support about 350 timber jobs, but industry representatives have expressed skepticism that the timber sale would find any buyers. The Forest Service's environmental study says the project would fracture habitat, especially for deer, an important subsistence food source. The project would also expand recreation in the Shelter Cove area, boat launches, parking lots, campsites, informational kiosks, things like that. But none of those would be connected to Ketchikan's road system, at least not at first until the state finishes the Shelter Cove road next year. The project would also include habitat restoration and other environmental work. The Ketchikan Gateway Borough supports the project, saying it would open up more recreation opportunities and boost the timber sector. Ketchikan Indian Community is what's called a cooperating agency in the project, providing input as a federally recognized tribal government. The tribe has yet to take a formal position on the overall project. The Forest Service is scheduled to hold two public teleconferences on the project, along with a virtual hearing for subsistence users on Tuesday, October 13th, Thursday, October 15th, and Friday, October 16th. Officials will present the plan and take questions. The agency is taking public input in writing through October 19th. We've got the full schedule for hearings plus the number to call at our website. That's krbd.org. Reporting in Ketchikan, I'm Eric Stone. Taking a look at the community calendar. Sitka Parks and Recreation Committee meets at noon today in Harrigan Centennial Hall. The Women's Book Group holds a Zoom meeting to discuss Of Bears and Ballots, an Alaskan Adventure in Small Town Politics by Heather Lendy at 7 p.m. today. All interested women are encouraged to call Dorothy at 747-3412 to receive an emailed invitation. In honor of Breast Cancer Awareness Month, the Southeast Alaska Regional Health Consortium is offering patients 3D mammograms with no out-of-pocket cost. Search will cover all remaining costs after insurance is billed and all costs for patients without insurance coverage. Patients must call their local provider by the end of October and schedule an appointment to be eligible. For more information on the Wise Woman program, call 888-388-8782. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.